welcome to One Star Bazaar, where we review the movies Crips Hate. This week, we are diving into our franchises category, as both of the films we're looking at have less than a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. So we are looking at Super Troopers and its crowdfunded sequel, Super Troopers 2. Specifically, we are watching the sequel, Super Troopers 2, which came out this past year, was released in April of 2018. And it's not a coincidence that it was released April 20th, 2018. Yeah, fair enough. They did that on purpose. Released on 420. Um, We will be mentioning the first one, but specifically watching the second one and kind of talking about the franchise as a whole and why they're apparently hated by critics so much. So these films were directed by Jay Chandrasekhar, a.k.a. Ramathorn, in the film. Um, Written by Broken Broken Wizard. So just all of the guys, they're like a comedy troupe. Super Troopers 2 has a 32% on Rotten Tomatoes, while the original was 35%. So in both are kind of around this, that same mark. And the synopsis for this movie is kind of long, I feel like. But, uh, so everyone's favorite law enforcement team is back by popular demand with the long-anticipated follow-up to the cult comedy classic Super Troopers. When an international border dispute arises between the U.S. and Canada, the Super Troopers are called in to set up a new highway patrol station in the disputed area. Unconventional police work follows, and the result is Super Troopers 2. Now, this movie is a little bit unique in that it was crowdfunded, and if you're curious about that, Google it, because it is kind of interesting. So let's see what critics had to say. Chris Nashawadi? of Entertainment Weekly said, you'd think with 17 years at their disposal, these guys would be able to come up with some jokes that weren't so half-baked and dumb. Alas, this is low-hanging fruit all the way. Bill Goodycoots, which is an amazing last name, of the Arizona Republic, uh, said, ultimately, Super Troopers 2 is a bad movie, but to its fans, that's irrelevant. Which is probably going to be our problem. Probably, Because we liked the first one. (laughs) Yes. And John DeFore of The Hollywood Reporter said, Though less funny than the first, it will play well to those who are in the mood. So, I mean, I'm in the mood to laugh today, so. So here's the thing. The original Super Troopers came out, so 17 years ago, like 2001. Uh Uh-huh. We were in high school. Yep. So we were definitely within the age demographic that I think these movies with their humor appeals to. You mean like the same kind of humor as uh, Kung Pao and the Fist? Like just the, no, but that's the kind of dude. But yeah, this like, is like stoner yeah, humor. This is like stoner, gross out humor, whatever yeah. you want to call that. I like Super Troopers when I saw it. I mean, it's very. I, we mentioned this in our Kung Pao episode earlier on that. There is the humor that essentially what you have is very quotable lines um, that become inside jokes. You know, you repeat the jokes to each other between friends. You know, you quote the lines. Everyone laughs. What are you talking about now? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. right. Everyone knows that seen it would be like, oh, yeah, that's super true. It's awesome. I liked broke or I liked uh, Club Dread. Club Dread. I liked that one. 
I think their movies kind of got worse over time was the thing. Yeah, Beer Fest and, and Slammin' Slam Salmon, Salmon didn't really live up to the... That being said, to be though... Fair, their first movie, I forget what it's... I think it's called, like, Puddle Cruiser or something. It's not something. that great, either. So I, I feel like Super Troopers and Club Dread are kind of the peak of Broken Blizzard. Right. Well, and the other thing we should mention, too, is, as we said, this movie was crowdfunded. Yes. Basically, for the longest time, and I believe I read this on their uh, AMA that Broken Lizard did on Reddit about a year or so ago. Basically, people would be like, hey, why aren't you making this movie? Hey, why aren't you making Super Trooper 2? Why aren't you making... They want to make, like... Or they have a few ideas that they've mentioned. One being Weed Fest as kind oh, of the awesome. spiritual sequel to Beer Fest. I see. And people are always asking them at wherever events, they're like, hey, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing that? And they're essentially like, well, go see our movies, support us financially, and when our movies make money then we can make more of these movies. And that was why it was such a cool thing that this movie got crowdfunded. It kind of showed that there was a loyal fan base that was willing to say, hey, we want you to make this movie. And not just like, oh, it'd be cool if you did. A lot of people were like, yeah, I'll put up money to, you know, actually see it happen. Yeah, they put their money where their mouth was for sure. The other problem that I remember from their AMA that mentioning is this problem in Hollywood in general, which I think we've touched on before, that basically... Nobody wants to make lower to mid-budget movies. Yeah. Like, why would a movie, a movie or a, a studio would rather put up $200 million and hope to make a billion dollars versus put up $20 million 10 times and hope that some of those movies each make 100 to $200 million? Because the fact of the matter is, those $20 million movies, they might only make like 30 or $40 million. The box office for Super Troopers 2 was a little over $31 million. And the budget was $13.5 million. So it doubled. Right. And the box office for the first Super Troopers was $23 million. So they did make more money. But again, this is a very niche audience, I guess. They'll go see it. There's a, certainly a loyal fan base that will give them the money. The question is, will it make enough money for them to sh prove to studios, hey, let us keep making movies. Well, so in terms of making its money back, so the original Super Troopers, its budget was only $3 million. And it made 20 something. So to make $23 million yeah. is is big. But again, studios, for, for them, $20 million isn't really worth it. Right. Like, they, they want something that's going to make hundreds of millions of dollars um, rather than something that's going to make them... Enough to conversely make another movie of the same quality right conversely club dread had a budget of eight and a half million dollars and only made seven and a half so well i feel like horror comedy is a hard sell a lot of the times like one one of the best i think horror comedy movies that has come out recently is uh tucker and dale versus evil yeah so, so that movie's hilarious but i don't and well rated, made, right? Yeah. I don't think it made that much money because it's not really it's not a movie that you need to go see in theaters, you know, like you can just as easily see it. So its budget was five million dollars and it only made four point seven million dollars, but 
it has an 84% on Rotten Tomatoes. Right. And so it's six on IMDb. So people love that movie. Horror comedy works, but it it's, is kind of it's a... It's not a moneymaker. You expect it more as like a Netflix original versus a theater production. Exactly. Box office. So Yes. And in fact, Netflix actually has done a couple horror comedies in Little Evil, which is about a... Adam Scott becomes the stepdad of essentially Damien from The Omen. Okay. And it's funny. And then there's the babysitter, which is right. also like the babysitter and a bunch of her friends decide to sacrifice the kid to Satan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, both of those are pretty funny. And again, they kind of thrive in that made for streaming right. uh, medium, whereas had you released it in theaters, it probably wouldn't have made that much money. And other sidebar, like if Netflix is willing to throw millions and millions of dollars at Adam Sandler to make movies on Netflix that get like zero percent. Yeah, like why is it? Why don't they throw money at Broken Lizard? That's a good question. Okay, well, Netflix, get it together. I think that's enough of a preface. Let's go ahead and watch Super Troopers 2. Neither of us have seen this yet. Let's watch it. Okay. So we just finished Super Troopers 2. And we'll just dive into our categories. I mean, obviously, since we have seen the previous movie, we we are slightly invested in the characters. Yes. Um. So I feel like you know whether or not we care about the characters based on the acting is kind of inapplicable here. Sure, I guess that makes. I will say, like we were making fun of the American accents in Patient Zero last time. There are some pretty bad Canadian accents in this movie, but that's like intentional. Yes, the funny thing is, and I looked it up because I was curious. So Will Sasso and Tyler Labine are two of the Canadian Mounties who they kind of have shenanigans, run-ins with throughout the movie. Yeah. They're both Canadian. (laughs) (laughs) And they both have weirdly terrible, intentionally bad, I guess, supposed to be like stereotypical Canadian accents. And then, yeah, there's there's French Canadian (laughs) accents and there's stereotypical Canadian accents. Right. And then, I mean, in terms of whether or not things were kind of over the top, I think they definitely were. But again, when we had that, with Kung Pao, it was like it's intentionally over the top, so you can't really fault it too much. Yeah, I mean, you. You're, well, the thing is with comedy too, you're not trying to sell some dramatic, intense moments. Yeah. Like with dramas, you're just trying to get the laugh. So the acting, I think it's easier to just kind of do your thing and kind of play just regular people in yeah. funny ridiculous situations and then in terms of the story it's essentially the same plot as the first movie <laughs> kind of so when we read the tagline for it which sounds dumb like to be honest <laughs> it's a pretty dumb concept but here's the thing about comedies lots of comedies both good and bad have pretty ridiculously stupid setups right so along with that then um how engaging is this movie like i found myself kind of wondering whether this would be funny to somebody who hadn't seen the first one yeah that's a good point because like you say we basically jump in 
not right where we left off from the second movie. Yeah. But pretty close. In the first movie, they were highway cops. At the end of the movie, they take over the the city city police department because the city cops are all corrupt. Yeah. So then then apparently they get fired. (laughs) Somewhere between that movie and this movie, they are no longer cops. Yes, they're all fired. And so then they bring them in almost like they we need a temporary we need temp temp cops to transition this. And so they bring them in, which is ludicrous, let's be honest. You wouldn't let, let disgraced police officers <laughs> yes. police this area. Yeah. It's almost like it was a joke PR kind of thing that nobody on either side of the government actually thought would work out. Yeah. And I I mean, so with it being a comedy, I think it has kind of that same level of like forgiveness where you just kind of remember the things that are funny and they kind of carry you through the parts that are a little bit less entertaining. Yeah. I did feel like this, this movie felt long. Yeah. And I think because it was partially crowdfunded, they did a lot of kind of like homages to the fans or like callbacks that the fans of the first one would catch and understand right like there's a couple cameos that really only make sense in context of the first movie and some like funny things that are callbacks to the first movie as well so yeah i just i really i kind of wish we'd watch this with somebody who hadn't seen the first one to see what the heck they thought one of the other things this movie reminded me of as we were watching it did you ever see canadian bacon that's the one where so it's John Candy and the Rhea president Perlman. has a scandal and he decides to declare war on Canada because a war is kind of what can get you out of hot water with the American people. Basically, yeah. So these so these border patrol people played by John Candy and Rick. Rhea Perlman, oh. they patrol near Niagara Falls and they get swept up in the, the war preparations right. against Canada. And I mean, I think that movie is funnier than this one. I don't know if it's because I like grew up with it. So I have like more of like a nostalgic view of it. But in looking it up, I was really surprised. So it's directed by Michael Moore, the documentarian. And it's his only non-documentary film. And that movie is bad. I didn't know it was bad. So in looking it up, I'm going to don't don't Google it. No, no Googling. I'm going to quiz you. Okay, so. The movie came out in 1995. Okay. It has a score on Rotten Tomatoes, which I'm going to have you guess at the moment. Or did you look it up already? I looked it up already. Okay. So it's low. It's 14%. Yes. It's our one-star movie. Yes. But here's my question to you. So its budget was $11 million. And this one was 20? I'll look it up. Later. I think I don't remember. So Canadian Bacon budget $11 million. Yeah. How much money did Canadian Bacon oh. make at the box office? Like 80? Million? Yeah. Okay. $178,000. That's like less than Billionaire Boys Club. <laughs> which we... Okay. That's it? <laughs> yeah. That can't be right. That has to be like the opening weekend, whatever. That's what it says. I don't, I mean, I don't, I don't know. Okay. All right. 
I mean, the internet can be wrong. No, well. But that's what it says. Box office. That's what the internet is telling me. No, you're right. That's what Google thinks. Like, its opening weekend in the United States was $53,000. Domestic total gross. This is 163000 Okay. Opening weekend, 53,000. <laughs> it only opened in 14 theaters. Yeah. So it's bad, but I remember seeing that movie on TV like all the time. Well, probably because they were whoring themselves out to make all the money back that you spent. It, so it was, it was, I mean, it must have been the equivalent of like the filler movies that we're always talking about for the uh, 90s. Yeah. Well, and the sad thing is everybody remembers John Candy as this really beloved comedy amazing actor yeah his movies weren't that great he was in a lot of bad movies and i mean i love him you know he's he was very funny but yeah yeah so i feel like this movie i mean canadian bacon kind of gets more into spoof territory right it gets a little weird with like the call back to like close encounters of the third kind and um whatever that movie is that has that scene of like um Jack Nicholson, like, dressed as kind of like a general and going all few good men. Few good men. Yeah. The, you can't handle the truth. Yeah, thing. I think they, like, spoof that. Yeah. Um, so that, I feel like, is more of a, a spoof movie, whereas this is just trying to be, like, a straight comedy. Right. But I, I, I just, I don't know how successful it is as a comedy without the context of the first movie. Yeah, that's fair. Well, especially, I mean, you you don't get any idea of who these characters are outside of you already know who they are from the first movie. I feel like it tried to, like, reboot itself. Like, it didn't seem original enough. Like, it seems like too much of recycling of what was in the first movie. Uh, that's, uh, yeah. I don't know. Um, what shocked me was this movie didn't really have any catchy dialogue quotable repeatable joke lines that's true any any ones they did have were just references to the first movie and that that was really surprising because the first movie that's what made it funny yeah and what made people like it is that you could quote it yeah even if it was dumb humor that some people would be like what are you guys doing like there was that i don't know what in here i would you know yeah do yeah they're they're really even i mean we literally just watched this movie and i can't remember well no and you're totally you're totally right about a lot of the jokes in this are really just references to jokes in the first one (laughs) it's like a a greatest hits album yeah you know except that that the greatest hits are really it's like if a band only had two or three good albums and it's like hey let's put out our greatest hits and you're like this is mostly just your one good album you know with a couple of the other things mixed in yeah so so one of the things that this movie does well then i guess is reference its predecessor does that doing well (laughs) (laughs) is what did it do anything else well i think it did stuff fine mm-hmm. it was acceptable the quality of the filmmaking was perfectly adequate right okay here's something that it did well the dialogue even when it wasn't funny was natural yeah like there were 
there were times where like they would be joking around and somebody would say something and I'm like, okay, as an outsider watching this as a comedy, that's not like, I'm going to start laughing funny, but it is the kind of joke. If you were just like hanging out with your coworkers, somebody would make a joke like that and you'd be like, huh? Yeah. You know, good one, buddy. Yeah. And I think that's one of the strengths that broken lizard has is that they have all been together for so long. They do have that, Natural, natural chemistry, chemistry that yeah. also plays well on camera because sometimes you know people will have a chemistry in real life that doesn't quite translate right. on film right but here i think they definitely do have yeah, that, that bro chemistry yeah so so things that maybe aren't so funny still work because they do have that um camaraderie with each other yeah so i feel like this movie does have some flaws in that yeah, it kind of relies too much on the original mm. and not sure how well it stands up on its own. Yeah, I don't think it stands up as well very well at all, to be honest. Yeah. So are there other things that it does poorly? Just kind of as a it's general It's just not comedy? as funny. Yeah. You know, I mean, okay, the criticisms of this about, or the, you know, some of the criticisms of this film are that the jokes are low-hanging fruit, the jokes hit below the belt. It's your classic immature comedy criticisms. Yes, I get it. A 60-year-old film critic watching something is not going to find stuff funny that is supposed to appeal to a 17-year-old. But the problem is, I should think it's funny, and I didn't think it's as funny as it should be. Yeah, I feel like the laughs were too far apart. Like... And even some of the moments that you were like laughing, I was just kind of like, eh, you know? Yeah. And some of the jokes, like I didn't even get. Right. Like, and I'm just like, why is that supposed to be? Like, I couldn't even figure out why it was supposed to be funny. So like, like it's not even like example? a joke that failed. Like the, the whole thing with like Thorny's mustache. Oh, like the, the, the mustache toupee. Because he was taking women's estrogen okay. hormone pills. Okay, and then also, why is that funny? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just... Although one thing I will say in comparing this one to the first one is that I feel like the first one relied on a lot more drug and sex jokes, whereas I feel like this one was a lot more just, like, bro humor. With the nut shots and the the taser teasing, the tasing, like <laughs> yeah. like relying more on physical comedy rather uh, than smart comedy. Oh no, there's definitely not not, not a lot of smart comedy here. Yeah, and that's the funny. I almost it's almost embarrassing that I laughed at a few spots that <laughs> like the guy gets tased in the junk, and you totally know it's coming, and it was still funny, and I don't, you know, it's. It's not clever. It's like a guy stepping on a rake, but you're just like, it's just classic dumb comedy. And I'm like, okay, I'll laugh at it. <laughs> oh, giggles. Um, so what, what's kind of your overall feeling about this movie? I'm honestly surprised that this has only slightly lower rating than the first one. Because I would say the first one is vastly superior to this film. Yeah, I like like in terms of giving it like a regular out of like four stars, I feel like the first one I think is clo like 
a three probably for me. Yeah. And this one is like it's like I, a three graded on a curve. Yeah. For like if you like this kind of film, you'll think it's good. Yeah. Whereas this one, like I I I feel like I can't give it a two. You yeah, know? Like it's like, like it's like a one and a half. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? I'm you know, I really want to like this. I did want to like is, it. I think they I know that these guys have potential. And I, I like I love some of their other movies. I yeah. I do. Like Club Dread, I think until like Tucker vs. Dale came out, like Club Dread was kind of the most fun you could have in a horror comedy. By the way, I think it's hilarious that you brought up Tucker and Dale versus Evil because the guy who is in that yeah. movie, who's not Alan Tudyk, I don't know if he's Tucker or Dale, whatever, is in this film. He's yeah. one of the Mounties. Setting aside Broken Wizard as well, mm-hmm. there are other people, like ter- tertiary characters in this film, that I know are legitimately funny. Will Sasso, with the horrible accent that you were talking about? Dale? Okay. The big one. Okay. Of uh-huh. the three Mounties, the one that was the biggest. One. Yeah. And bald. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Will Sasso, who plays the Mountie, like he was on Mad TV and he was legitimately hilarious on that show. Do you, did you ever watch that? It was, yeah. In his heyday, it was, I think, a legitimate like competitor with SNL. So do we kind of, do you kind of have the same problem with this one that you had with Bird on a Wire in that like, Goldie Hawn and Mel Gibson were so much better in other movies that it made Bird on a Wire disappointing. So with this I, movie, Yeah, I'd say that to the, yeah, to the same effect. And even probably more so for this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because... Because you know how high their bar yeah, can be this was just and it's not... A letdown compared to Super Troopers, the first one. Yeah. So maybe it does kind of fall into that trap of the sequel is never as good as the original so i feel like i mean like i said i i only don't want to give this movie a one star because i wanted to like it so much Mm -hmm. yeah but i feel like it and surprisingly i mean this movie is one of the higher rated uh Rotten Tomatoes scores that we've done that we've done that's what surprises me honestly Basically, but, and if, on Metacritic too, this movie isn't less than forty. It's higher than forty on both. I'm sad. I'm also kind of sad. If Super Troopers, I mean, we don't have cable, but <laughs> if we're just flipping through TV and Super Troopers is on, I'm watching it. If yeah. Super Troopers Two is on, what else is on? Yeah, and I feel like that's kind of what we can take away from this whole experience is. I mean, there's the the first one is also still a one star movie. Um, per but that's undeserved, I think. That is definitely by our standards, it's a one star movie, and there's certainly are critics out there that were like, "This movie sucks." But yeah, no, the original one is funny, and it has so many moments where it shines. And I feel like with that one, the laughs definitely outweigh the groans. Like, (laughs) well, I think the first one also. I think the first one gets a little boost because it feels more like an indie movie. Maybe. But since both are, by our criteria, one-star movies, 
Super Troopers, the original one, is definitely watchworthy. Oh, yeah. Doesn't deserve to be one star. Super Troopers 2, on the other hand, just skip it. Well, it has. You... You, like, I feel like if you loved the first one, like we did, you're just going to be disappointed watching this movie. Maybe. That's what kind of the conundrum, ex- right? Are expectations too high? <laughs> Maybe. I think the conundrum is basically if you love the first one, you might like this. There are funny moments that just because you might be like, hey, I really love the first one and I really want to see, you know, what's going on with those characters and stuff to revisit it. But at the same time, you're right. You might be like, oh, I wish. I mean, OK, I don't think this is like the Matrix sequels if they exist, which, you know, I don't Some think people say that I don't. They don't. I mean, they only made one Matrix movie, right? I don't think this is like that. Like, no, just they are offensive to the first one. This isn't that bad. Yeah. This is just not as good. It's very clearly like not a good movie. And it's it's not I mean, a horrible. I, movie, I wasn't though. bored. You know, like it's not like I regretted watching it. Right. It kept my interest enough. It just it's just disappointing because, you know, it can be better. Yeah. You're like a parent. You're like, <laughs> I'm not mad at you. I'm just disappointed, you know, right? Yeah. Like, I'm not angry. <laughs> I just know you. I just know you have more potential than this, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> How much. Comedy, do you think a movie needs to be good? Like, if you laugh six times in an hour and a half, is that like what's the you know what I mean? Like, what's the point where you're like, all right, that's like a comedy special. There's some comic comedians. I'm just constantly laughing. It's almost too much, you know. Like, it's like <laughs> I gotta catch my breath here. Like, it's so there have been comedies where I've laughed like almost the entire time, mm-hmm. and then there have been comedies where one thing was funny enough right that it made the whole movie well, worth that's, it that's what i was just thinking too is i feel like the problem is with a comedy it's almost like we say it's kind of easy for a comedy the comedy to gloss over a weak story mm-hmm. but the problem is when there's not enough comedy then the weak story is more apparent and i feel like actually the problem with this movie is the comedy is too weak to support the weak story. And if either one of them had been better, this movie would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> if the storyline had been actually clever and not just kind of like, hey, let's just do the same thing. Yeah, they just before. recycled the first one. But in the first one, the comedy was there to support it. Right. Whereas, yeah, here, it's just the same story as the first one, essentially. And there's less comedy well, to bring it up. Not to mention, like, I'm sorry, in the first one, I feel like the story was better. It also had, like, layers. Yeah. It was like, oh, you uncover one thing, and then yeah. there's this other thing. And then right. this other thing is a part of it, too. And, yeah, it's more This exciting. one, they were just like, huh, I wonder who the bad guy is. And then the bad guy's like, I'm the bad guy. And you're like, well, that's not at all surprising because we've only met about three people in this whole movie. (laughs) So, you know, it was either going to be you or uh, there's no one else that could have been like some new random person that we've never met. You know, right? Yes. There weren't enough characters (laughs) in this film to make it a surprise. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really the problem is basically there wasn't enough 
original humor. Mm-hmm. A lot of the jokes were really just callbacks to yeah. the first one. And the storyline itself, the plot, was just kind of weak. It was mm-hmm. meh. It was like, really, in 17 years, that's what you, okay. I mean, the potential was there. There were some things that weren't very funny, but it could have been. But it just it right? makes it so much more disappointing know. when you see that potential. I know. It doesn't live up to it. I know. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this week's episode of One Star Bazaar. As always, you can visit us on social media to let us know what you think and make suggestions for what we should watch next. Be sure to contribute to our Patreon page if you want exclusive access to patron-only bonus content. Please join us next week where we will be watching and discussing one of the 90s biggest box office blunders, a film which did so poorly it bankrupted a previously successful production company. That's a that's a feat. Yes. <laughs> So join us for next week's episode.